Here's what's coming up on today's show. Market volatility became the norm in 2022. Are we in for more of the same in 2023? Today, Mark and I will talk about the market outlook for the next 12 months, and we'll share some tips on how you can best prepare for potential future volatility. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome to another edition of Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself to talk investing, finance, and retirement. Liz, of course, the founder and financial advisor at Best Path Advisors. You can find her online at bestpathadvisors.com. And we have a fantastic show to get into this week. Uh, Liz, you and I were going to talk about this on our prior podcast earlier in the month, but as we did uh, the SECURE Act because of that being pushed through, we thought we'd come circle back around and get into this conversation today. Yeah. Uh, many uh, talking heads out there saying that 23 may be similar to 22, or at least with the first half of the year. So what right. I'd like to do is give you some of these predictions, comments, thoughts from the uh, talking big talking heads, experts, whatever you want to call them, and then kind of get your take on that. Okay. Okay. So let Sounds me just good. yeah, let me just jump right in with some of these, and we'll then we'll kind of dissect it a little bit, and then we'll break it down to a, a more local level, if you will. Mergers and acquisitions says that signs point to more market volatility in 2023. I don't know that that's groundbreaking or rocket science, but yeah, but there it is, right? <laughs> Yeah. All right. So that's the first one. Um, Bloomberg tracks the forecast of many market handicappers and reveals that the average forecast for the S&P 500 predicts a decline for 2023 overall. Uh, And I I guess that's the first time that that aggregate prediction has been that way, been negative since 1999. So that's kind of interesting. I guess they're going into the new year saying they think it's going to be down overall versus last year where we started out kind of high uh, within, within the first week or so it started to drop. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson says that markets in 2023 will face extreme volatility, and he even likens it to the 1940s-style boom-bust inflation cycle, so I'm really curious about that one. Uh, And then finally, J.P. Morgan strategist thinks that stocks will slump for the first half of 2023, uh, and fundamentals will likely deteriorate as the conditions continue to tighten, uh, monetary policy, so on and so forth. So, all that said, what do you think of some of these predictions uh, of the market's potential fate in 23? And should we view 23 differently than we did 22? I think it's always interesting to listen to these. You know, you look back at 2022 at the forecast for the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And the forecast was that we would end the year anywhere at the end of 2022, anywhere from 4,400 to 5,330. And we actually ended at 38.39. So that was anywhere from 13 to 27% lower than the forecast. Right. And, you know, over time, that's been the accuracy of these prognosticators. Mm. They're guessing, they're making an educated guess. Right. I was looking at some of the forecasts for this year. In addition to these things that you've mentioned, Right now, I'm seeing a range of 3,400 to 4,500. This Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson mm-hmm. is at the low of that. Mm-hmm. He's really more of a, 
uh, bear market, you know, mentality. So he's at the low. But, okay. you know, are we going to end at 3,400 to 4,500? Who knows? Right. <laughs> Who knows? It's always a guessing. It's like weather yeah. experts, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I do think that we're going to still have more volatility uh, I in 2023. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a yeah. safe bet, right? I mean, anytime you go from one year to the next, it's not immediate cutoff, right? I mean, things bleed over. We still have inflation, right? We still have... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fed is still talking about maybe doing a couple more tickups early this year. So the half, right. the first half of the year still struggling seems more likely, I think, in, in many people's minds. Absolutely. We've got a lot of issues that are still playing out. But I also know that we have to be very mindful of what we call recency bias. Yes, yes. And that's what happened at the beginning of 2022. We had come out of COVID. We'd had a very strong 2021, mm-hmm. huge. And so they were projecting that this is just going to keep going. And that's what always happens. If you look at, you know, anybody's brain naturally tends to think what's been happening is going to keep happening. Sure. And we have to be very careful to not fall prey to that and make sure that we're making decisions that take into consideration the range of things that could happen. Not just what has happened recently. Yeah, that's a great point because 21 going into 22 were certainly stark differences, right? Uh, 21, you know, was up on a high and to your people's, you know, to your point, people kind of feel like that's going to continue rolling. I mean, we were on a basically a 12, 13 year ish bull run. And and even though many people had been saying for a while, hey, at some point the shoe does have to drop. This can't continue to go on forever. They still wind up not kind of listening to their own advice. So the market does that. I mean, the market does go up and Mm -hmm. down and it was a bit overdue and overweighted as many people might say. So I think recency bias is a great way to think about that. We tend to just assume that it's going to continue on. Um, Whenever the markets are... Oh, go ahead. And you said, well, and you said... um, Turbulence. You mentioned turbulence, mm-hmm. and that's a good analogy because if you're getting in a plane and you're flying, you may expect that it's going to be very smooth, you know, flying. We hope, from, right? Yeah, and and it may be even projected to be, but then things can change, and there can be turbulence that comes up. So you're always prepared as you're flying because you've got your seatbelt on and. You know, so you've got those things in place that yeah. are the protection against the turbulence, but you're still, you know, moving forward yep. with where you're at and uh, going towards your destination. So it's really a, a very good analogy. And in retirement, you have to be prepared for volatility, but be making progress on your retirement plan. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way of looking at that. You know, and, and we're strapped in and the pilot makes course corrections, right? Which you could look at as kind of like your advisor helping you kind of navigate through uh, the things as they're happening. So yeah, that's a great way of looking at that. Um, whenever the market is experiencing a lot of volatility, do you st- uh, do you see an uptick in calls from people? I, I know if folks are working with you already, they, they have a strategy, they have a plan. I assume mm-hmm. it's not as much, but there's always going to be some folks who get nervous no matter what. Do you experience a tick up in those calls? Not very much. Oh, that's good. Very, I, I very rarely get calls about market volatility. And I think the real, the reason for that is really very simple. And like you said, it starts with that unique plan that I've created for each client. We know what what they own, why they own it, what its purpose is, when they're going to need it, and how that lines up, and how much volatility that we can take inside the plan and still be on track. And so we know all of that, uh, and people trust that the plan is going to work. 
And when your investments are set up so that they're going to meet your goals, then it can remove a lot of the anxiety. Uh, you know, if you just have a 60-40 pot and you're not quite sure what <laughs> what's each piece doing, what's this 60-40 doing, and you're seeing that go down, and, and this actually was the worst year for the 60-40 in a very long time, then that can be uh, create a lot of anxiety. But but with my clients, the answer to that is no. They they know what they have and why they have it, and they trust that that plan is going to carry them through mm, yeah. whatever is the current economic condition. Because yeah. we, we plan for that, right? And I'd imagine it, you know any increase in calls for people, you know, financial advisors in general, is from folks who have been on the fence, who don't have a strategy, who are like, oh, okay, yeah. I need to go ahead and get this done, right? So yeah, right, it's getting exactly. a little, getting a little nerve wracking. I've had some of those calls. There. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's getting nervous out there. So let me let me finally get off my duff and make this phone call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how should people react, Liz, when in handling their investments during times of market volatility? Because I think as humans, we initially we see a problem or we see something that's scary and we feel like we have to do something, right? I need to yeah. remove myself. I need to go another direct, you know, whatever it is, right? We feel the need to act even you mm-hmm. know, when things are going on. Uh, is that the best course of action? I think we need to have a plan and we need to know what actions we will take in those situations. Mm-hmm. Know in advance, be prepared and say, if this happens, I'm going to do this. I'm going to reduce my amount of equities by 10%. I'm going to reduce the duration of my bond holdings. You know, and these are some of the things that I worked with with the portfolios that I managed, worked through those kind of changes. But it's important not to overreact. And that's what can happen if you don't have a plan, you don't know what you're going to do, you can overreact because it's a very emotional time. You know, there was... um I can think of someone who did something very similar to that, and I'll call him Sideline Sonny. <laughs> and, and Sideline Sonny pulled out of the market in 2008. You know, had been through the downturn in the tech bubble, and then 2008 comes along, and it's just too much to handle. So Sideline Sonny pulls out of the market and never got back in. Yeah. And so there's been a significant amount of gain and growth that's been lost that can't be recaptured because how do you know when to get back in if you don't have a plan for moving risk up and down appropriately but staying invested, then you you don't know what to do. And so, you know, that's something that I work with my clients using both fundamental economic analysis and technical analysis to watch what the market volatility and risk is. But again, don't overreact. Right. Stick to a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually the best course of action, right? It says if we yeah. don't know what we're doing, we're just kind of winging it. Uh, very, very few times does that actually work out. Uh, so with the concept of volatility, look, if we're, if we're retired or retiring soon, you know, sometimes people have this mindset of, of, well, I just need to avoid it altogether. Is that realistic, Liz? Because I don't think that it is, in my opinion, but I'd like to get your take on that. The, the overall concept of volatility, it still has to exist within our portfolio, correct? Yes, it does. Because if you don't have any volatility, where are your investments? Where's your growth, right? Where's your growth? So my approach is to take the amount of risk that you need to take. Don't take more than you need. Don't take less than you need. <laughs> right. Because in both of those situations, you know, if you take less than you need, 
you may end up not having enough money later in life. If you take more risks than you need and you don't even know it, it's riskier than you thought even, which that happens a lot when people come and talk to me. They don't know what amount of risk they do have in their portfolio. But if you're taking more than you need, then it can, in a time of market stress like we're having, you know, the market drops, the portfolio drops more than expected, people overreact, they sell at the wrong time, they, you know, they can harm themselves that way too. So having the right amount of risk by having that plan that's lined up each investment with, you know, what it needs to do for you, uh, that can help people achieve all their goals, have the growth they need, have the, you know, income that they need, and be able to achieve a successful retirement over their entire lifetime. And so I call that the, you know, just right for your situation. You need to have a right fit. Yeah. Well, and, and inflation obviously is always going to be that issue. It's it's going to be, per, be persistent in yes. uh, our lives no matter what. Normal inflation, not even just the, the obviously the inflation we've been dealing with. So you've got to have a way to outpace that or keep up with that. And that is usually where that growth and volatility come into play. So yeah, you can't just kind yes. of you know, poo-poo it all together and just get rid of it totally uh, out of your life. We have to have some of that. So Exactly. And I think, you know, people didn't really think about that when inflation was as low as it was as long as it was. Oh, but sure. you're right. And so that's come to the forefront in thinking. But the tricky thing about inflation is that it can kind of be like that, you know, frog in a pot of boiling water yep. where it's sneaking up on people. And they're thinking, okay, I've got enough money in this. If I put all my money in CDs and it's paying me X interest, I've got enough money to cover my bills. Well, three years from now, yeah, you know, five years from now, it sneaks up on people. And so you're very right. They do they do need the growth to ensure that they can continue to cover all their income and throughout their entire retirement. Yeah, you know, there's a saying, procrastination is the thief of tomorrow. And really, inflation is also the thief of tomorrow, yes. right? Uh, it's, the th- yeah. it's the financial thief of tomorrow. So uh, you certainly want to keep that in mind. Can you give us like a maybe a case study or just a, a, you know, maybe a quick example or breakdown or something of, of when you've you know, worked with someone and helped them, you know, that they've been damaged by market volatility because they didn't have a plan and they maybe were uh, way more at risk than they should have been or something like that. Can you give us a little breakdown on something? Kind of an example. You know, the example that always comes to mind, and I may have even mentioned this story. We may have talked about this before um, in a previous podcast, but many years ago, back in 2008, I was referred to a couple. They were actually referred from a couple that had been referred from another couple. Uh, And the first couple had been, you know, getting close to retirement, and and I had been working with them, and I'm suggested that they go ahead and shore things up very conservatively because we were at a high, you know, the late, the wife had said, Oh, but we might miss out on some good growth. And I said, at this point, one year of good growth versus what could go wrong. You know, that's, that's your trade off. Let's, let's make sure that you have, uh, you protected your capital. And they were, they're so thrilled. They're, they're perfectly fine. They retired on time and we, you know, got their income set up and everything has been great. All these years later, very secure. This other couple that I ended up getting referred to because, of course, they were so happy with that service that, you know, they were telling everybody. Mm -hmm. This other couple didn't have the same situation. They had retired in 2008. They had, you know, an advisor at a well-known 
you know, institution that had set them up with a very aggressive plan, much more aggressive than they should have. And I think probably the advisor was just very young, mm. uh, you know, and just very uh, aggressive minded mm-hmm. himself, because that can, you know, you have to be careful about that. That's and, your, own, your own bias, as we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. That, that your own bias doesn't feed into somebody else has a totally different situation. Yeah. You know, this couple was retiring and creating their retirement income. And when things started to go south and they're taking money out, uh, they told me they would be talking to this advisor and asking about, you know, how things were going. And, and he kept saying, well, just hang tight. Just keep taking your income. You're fine. Just hang tight. Well, they're continuing to take income as it's continuing to drop and they're continuing to lock in lower prices. And just the way that works, they ended up with a fraction of what they had retired with. Mm. And at the point that they talked to me, they were really desperate to try and figure out how do we, how do we undo this or how do we get back what we had? Cause we don't want to go back to work. Right. We don't want to sell our house. We don't want to move in with our kids. And yet that's what they were facing. I don't really know what happened to them. I didn't, I was at a loss for how to take a 10th of what they had retired with and turn it back into something that created the income that they had had. There's nothing that there's no way of doing that. The time to have a plan and a strategy is before you retire or before these situations happen. It, you know, you got to know that you're set up properly to carry you through the best and the worst of times when you're not working and you're pulling money from your from your retirement accounts, you need to know that you've got that set up properly. And yep. they didn't have a strategy. Uh, it was just kind of a, you know, we're going to put it all in these investments and uh, it'll be fine because it's always fine over the long term. Well, unfortunately, it wasn't. Fine and that, and that's, yeah. And there's difference if that person was 35 or 40, right. you know, versus exactly. 55 or 60, right? And, and so you could exactly. kind of put that into the same comparison as to now if you if you really want to, so that, you know, we don't know that, that what we're experiencing right now in 22, 23 is going to be like, you know, 08, 09, so to speak. But uh, what do you think the year looks like in that regard for people re- who might be retiring? So my brother, for example, is probably going to be retiring this year in 23. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, would you say the same thing that you might have said in 08? What's your thoughts there? I would definitely say something similar. I would say you need to shore up your short-term holdings. You need to have that runway of five years where you don't need to, you know, dip into your accounts and pull money out of the loss and create this the situation that this other couple had. So you want to have your income covered. You want to have your short-term funds short up. You want to have some security and safety there. That's your protection to be able to stay on track. And so shoring up that short-term money is, is the most important thing. You know, I think the Fed, like you said, is going to continue to raise rates to combat inflation. Mm-hmm. We don't know how high or how, you know, how long that's going to happen. Right. I think they're going to back off just a little bit. But the thing to realize is that the things that they have done last year – haven't yet worked through the system yet. So we haven't yet felt the full impact of that. Right. It takes a little time. Yeah. It takes time. And some are saying it's not going to be until early 2024 that we really get the full impact of what was done in 2022. Mm. You know, higher rates are supposed to slow down the economy. And and the Fed is, you know, they came out with their report earlier this month that they 
are going to stick to getting the economy slowed down. And I think back to a time when my husband and I had moved across country and we drove this U-Haul truck ourselves and we had to drive through the mountains in Colorado mm -hmm. and the U-Haul truck had a governor on it. Yep. They only go so fast. Yep. And we're going downhill on this mountain road. It was the, it was the worst drive of my life because this governor kept kicking in and would nearly stop the truck. And the truck was so heavy and it was full that as soon as the governor let go, the truck would speed way up. It was, it was awful. Um, <laughs> And so it reminds me of that, you know, rate hikes are not going to be a fun experience. It's going to slow down some parts of the economy mm -hmm. and it's going to be a bit like that governor effect when it hits, but they're going to do that so that they can get inflation under control. And, and we need to have inflation lower. We, we don't want high inflation for what people are needing to spend their money on over retirement. We do need inflation to get back under control. I hope that they can manage that and have a mild recession. You know, many people are expecting that we'll have a recession sometime this year. Right. We've had eight recessions since 1970, and they definitely are a very natural part of the economic cycle. You know, but during recessions more than ever, it's important to avoid those riskier investments that have excessive leverage or don't have any fundamental structure boring is better in times like this. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and of course, because of this, equities are going to be reprised, bonds are going to be reprised. Right. Um, but on the positive side, we've got higher yields. So people can put their money in some places where they can earn a higher interest rate, like the I bonds, the CD rates and notes and short term fixed annuities and short-term bonds, mid-term, you can get individual bonds with a higher yield. So there's some places that people can put their money if they look and get a higher yield. Yeah, I would say that people should also consider alternatives, not just stocks and bonds. Uh, so structured products or things that will give some capital protection as well as ability to earn something could be an, an interesting place to put money to round out a portfolio. Okay. But again, even in that, boring is better because we're in a riskier time period. Boring is not bad. Okay. Well, as always, your money. right. Yeah. As always, if you've got questions on anything, make sure you're talking with a qualified professional about your specific situation. Uh, you know, when we talk about things on the podcast, we always want to remind folks that uh, it's, it is in general in generalities because there is, you know, universalisms that affect us all, but you need to talk about how it specifically might affect you uh, in some of these different things. And I think that's always good advice. Uh, any advice you'd like to give as we wrap this up this week, Liz, uh, for, for those who, you know, maybe do find themselves, uh, you know, losing a bit of sleep or, or stressing a bit more about what's happened in 22 and potentially in 23. Yeah, the solution is, you know, don't do what Sideline Sunny did. Don't just pull out and sit it out and wait for the magical day that you get back in. Right. Um, and the famous money manager, Peter Lynch, said more money's lost preparing for corrections than in the corrections themselves. Mm. And that was just a point of saying, again, your fears can cause you to make the wrong decisions. So, if you're losing sleep over what's happening, you may not have the right fit portfolio or have a good understanding of how your portfolio is working for you. So get some professional advice. Make sure you've got your investments lined up with the job they need to do for you. And that will help you know that the portfolio is going to 
do what it needs to do. You'll be able to sleep better at night. But the bigger benefit of having your investments in in good hands and knowing that that's set up how it should be is that you can invest your time then in what's really important to you. Time with your family, you know, time on your health, time on your bucket list, whatever that may be. And so with that, you know, that's what we do. We're here to help you be on your best path for retirement. All right, folks. Well, thanks for hanging out with us again on the podcast. We always appreciate your time. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you enjoy the content on whatever podcasting platform app you might enjoy using or like to use. Whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify, you can find us on there by typing Retire on Your Best Path into that search box. Or again, make it easy. Just go to bestpathadvisors.com. That's Liz's website, bestpathadvisors.com. Dot com. If you've got some questions, a lot of good tools, tips, and resources, schedule some time with her, and of course, subscribe to the podcast. And with that, we'll see you next time here on the show. This has been Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whitteberry. Thank you, Mark. The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.